Wow, has it been awesome so far or what? Woo! Well, you guys got the short straw because I'm the last one. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, maybe for the next little bit, it might be better than nothing. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, man. All right, I'll think of something to pick on you, Danny. I'll think of it as I go along here. (laughs) Hey, before we get started, uh, will you guys pray for me and then I'll pray for you? Uh, Father God, we just thank you for tonight, and we thank you for all who are gathered here, God. We just uh, pray that you'll speak through me tonight, Lord Jesus, and I just uh, pray that the message falls on some soft hearts. I pray they hear with your ears, Lord God. So we just thank you, Jesus. We're going to have a little bit of fun, and we just uh, thank you, and we love you, and we praise your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, does anybody know what we've been talking about the last couple weeks? Yay! Who read ahead? Who read chapter three? Anybody? Come on, man. That's what I should have done. Come on, man. Chapter 3. Okay, just a little review. Paul was writing this from prison. Back in uh, AD 61. And uh, at the time, he was jailed because he was sharing the gospel. Back then, you couldn't do that publicly. So he was jailed basically for nothing other than telling people about Christ. And there may come a day where we have to deal with that ourselves. So the question is, would we be willing to continue to share if that were the case? I would. You know, because we can model our, Paul says to model our life after him. So if we're doing what he did, maybe they'll do the same thing with us. We can continue. It'll, it'll advance the gospel. So um, this was written to the church in Philippi. It was the first church of Paul. It was the first Christian church in Europe. And this, this letter was, comes 10 years afterwards. So he's writing to the Philippians to encourage them to continue doing the good work that you're doing. And it's really cool because this book, if you've never read it, it's only four chapters. And most, most of the chapters are very short. They're only 20-something verses long. So you can get through it. And when you're having a really, really bad day or a bad time or going through a tough time, read Philippians. It's all about having joy real joy joy in your heart not happiness because happiness comes from your circumstances right you're only happy when things are going well but real joy is when you have that same thing in your heart when things are bad that's when christ fills everything when things are going bad we can continue on paul's in prison he's chained to these people he's like and he still has joy 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 you guys got the joy in your heart remember that whole song so last week randy spoke on chapter two Having the attitude of Christ. Shine like bright stars in Christ. This one, chapter 3, starts. It's the priceless value of knowing Christ. So if you know Christ personally, raise your hand. Wow, just about everybody here. That's awesome. It's priceless value. How could you put a price on what he did for us? Just like we just sang. I thought that was interesting that that song came up. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin on the cross. It's priceless. So Paul starts his chapter off. It's a joy in believing. And it says, um, verse 1, says, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Verse 1, whatever happens, right? That means we rejoice even when things are bad. 
And I know we go through those times, and sometimes they're extended times of just bad things, you know? And it may, it's just a rough time in life. Life happens. Sometimes it's unexplainable. Sometimes we live in the consequences of doing something stupid, right? So whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. And I like this, the second part says, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. So Paul is writing again, it's based, the basic Christianity to encourage these guys. Who saw the brown bag yesterday? Anybody? Anybody remember what we talked about? Come on, man. You guys are 0 for 2. Come on. We talked about the Word, how important the Word was, right? Reading the Word, right? It safeguards your faith. Reading the Word. The Bible provides our safeguard. When we read it, when we study it, when we learn about the Word, it makes us aware of all the corrections that we need to make in our lives with our attitudes and our actions and everything else. It's like Rob and I were talking about before. When you're in the Word and you're in fellowship and you're in church, you're less likely to go to bars and do something stupid. You're just less likely. The Word even tells you if you stay in the Word, stay in the herd, or even like the sunflower when you're with all the rest of them, you have protection, right? But when you isolate yourself for extended periods of time, you're a dead duck. You're not going to survive long. You're like that plant that never gets watered. It just dries up. That's a natural thing, and it's going to happen. I've experienced it. I know most of you have, too. When you walk away for a while, you dry up. Then you can't figure out what's missing. You're out of step with God. So all you have to do is repent. Get back and stuff with God. It's really pretty simple. A lot of it goes on in your head. It's not as bad as you think it is. Just come back. God's arms are open wide. Every time, he'll take you back. He's right there. He knows your struggles, and he wants to help you. Who's prayed today? At least one time. Awesome. That is awesome. Prayer is very important. Okay. Okay. Uh, Verse 2 says, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those manipulators who say they must be circumcised to be saved. Now remember, these guys were the Judaizers. These were Jewish Christians who wrongly believed that it was essential for Gentiles to follow the Jewish, the Old Testament Jewish law. It's almost like they're having trouble. You say you're a Christian, but you're not receiving the gift of grace that's given to you. You can't earn your own salvation. You can't. It's a gift from God, right? It's a free gift. All we have to do is accept it. Open your heart. Let Jesus in. Receive the grace. It's pretty simple. But these guys, these guys were telling them something else. It says, for we worship by the Spirit of God. We're the ones that are truly circumcised. Our heart's been circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. Right? We just... Rob was just talking about how, what Christ has done for us in, in the uh, communion. So if we keep that in front of us, what Christ has done for us, it's going to make us want to work for God. You can't earn your salvation, but you're going to work because you are saved. And you want to share the gospel with people, and you want to live a decent life. We're not perfect, but we can be a decent example. That's something we have in our control, whether it's our language or how we live our life or how, how we serve others. Jesus is all about serving others before yourself. You know, our country is one of the most selfish countries in the world. Most 
We have everything and we want more. We have more than most of the world and we can't get enough. We're addicted to stuff because it's all about us. You remember back in the 80s, they told everything, it's about you. You must be happy. You must buy this nice car. You must have these clothes. You must do this. You must have that. You, 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 be happy. You're not happy unless you buy this giant house that you can't afford, but come on in, it's American dream, right? Sadly, a lot of people bought that, bought that idea. There's more to life than a big house and a fancy car. You know, you see the celebrities, what they do, they just build and build. They have all this fancy stuff, yet it's hollow. It's built on sand. You see it all the time because the moment they screw up, everybody turns on them. You're kicked out. You won't get movies. You won't get commercials. You know, you basically, you don't exist. You're a has-been. All because you messed up. But when we mess up, we just repent. God knows we're going to mess up. He knows that. But he also teaches us stuff through that time. It's up to us to learn and not repeat the same thing over and over and over and over. Because if you're truly saved, you won't. And you should feel some conviction if you do. If you're stuck in that rut of continuing to doing the wrong thing and you know it's wrong, you might want to check yourself. Most likely, you're out of step with God because if that's happening to you, you're out of step. Because God would nudge you and say, hey, listen, let's go. Let's get out of this rut and get going again. Amen? So we rely on what Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. Put no confidence in it. I like this part where Paul's saying this, and he's not bragging. He's actually, he's doing just the opposite. He says, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Because these guys are all bragging on what they're doing and trying to earn their salvation. It says, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Now, Paul was a superstar, okay? He's going to go on to list what he was. He was the elite of the elite, Okay. He kept the law and all the other stuff that they added to the law the best he could. He was the best example of everything. And we, were, we were talking the other day. It's like, you know, Scripture says it uses the foolish things to shame the wise, right? People like us. But Paul was very wise, so God knew he had a superstar. He just flipped it around and said, instead of destroying Christians, I want you to share the gospel with everybody. Change, change economies and work for me. So he chose Paul. And I'd say Paul did a great job because he's still getting fruit today. 2,000 years later, we're still reading about what happened to him, how Jesus changed his life and how he goes and tells others. He's locked up in jail and he's writing letters about how awesome Christ is. Can you imagine being locked up and sharing that? I mean, how would you feel if you were locked up? You're away from all your friends and family year after year. Would you be, have the joy that he has? You would if you knew Christ, right? So where am I here? Okay. We put no confidence in the human effort. Paul gave up everything to follow Christ. Gave up his family, gave up his friends, gave up everything. But it paid off, right? Paid off in a big way. So what are we willing to give up? Extra pleasure, it's summertime. I know everybody likes to do things because it's the when COVID's working its way out, so everything's opening back up to have fun. But we got to monitor skipping all the time to go have fun. There's nothing wrong with having fun, okay? Going to the lake every once in a while is not a big deal. But if you're going to the lake, you're putting the lake before God. You've created an idol. Going to your, going to your boat in your lake house. 
or anything that you choose to do ahead of God, you're making it an idol. So we have to beware of that. Amen? Amen. So what are you willing to give up? Maybe carve some stuff out of your schedule that you're overbooked. Maybe give up time doing extra stuff where you could serve more because we're supposed to serve. Serve, serve, serve. That's what it's about. So listen to these uh, credentials that uh, Paul had. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight years old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin, there was only two tribes that came back from the exile, Benjamin and Judea. And everybody esteemed the tribe of Benjamin. So again, he's like the elite of the elite. It'd be like a superstar athlete, how much they have to sacrifice to get there. You know, I don't know if you've seen the Michael Jordan story or, or uh, even the Wayne Gretzky story or stuff like that. The stuff that they sacrificed to get to where they, that's the only way to get to where they are is to, to, to do that, to have that kind of discipline to go, go, go. But look what they lost doing it. Families are kind of messed up. It's not as, as, as uh, awesome as it appears. But to be that elite, you have to be totally sold out to do it. And Paul was totally sold out for Christ. Totally. Got rid of everything. And he's like, I'm, I, this is my job. No, I'm, I'm going to do it. So what are you willing to sacrifice for the, for the sake of Christ? A real he- Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees. These guys were the ultra-elite Jewish leaders. These guys had the funny hats and all that stuff. They were so strict, they knew the law and they followed the law to the T the best that they could. So you can see how when when Jesus comes along, how it starts to make a ripple about how these guys are taught. Now Jesus shows up and says, hey man, you you can't earn what I have to offer. And they're like, but I'm following all these rules, right? There's a story I read. There's a pastor that had been pastoring this church for, I think, 48, 49 years. And uh, he dies. And he's standing at the pearly gates, right? He's talking to St. Peter. And St. Peter said, uh, what can I help you with? And he says, well, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to go to heaven. And he goes, okay. Well, here's the deal. You need 100 points to get into heaven. And the pastor's going, 100 points? Oh, that's easy. Okay, I was a pastor for 47 years. Peter goes, that's great. That's one point. <laughs> the guy's probably starting to sweat. Then he's going, uh, let's see. I did children's ministry for 10 years. One point. Uh, I was a missionary. I went all around the world. and I told everybody about Jesus. And he goes, one point. He goes, I did all that. And that's three points. Peter says, yeah. And he goes, oh, man, by the grace of God. And he goes, that's it. Grace of God, 97 points. Come on in. <laughs> you got your 100. Little illustration there. Uh, thought it was kind of a funny story, so I just wanted to share that. Okay, so he was a, um, a member of the Pharisees who demand the strict disobedience in the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. Now remember, Paul was on this side, how he was trained in the Old Testament. And now Jesus comes along and it starts making a ripple, a bad ripple. And Paul didn't think that Jesus was the real Messiah at first. It wasn't what he thought the Messiah should be. 
So you can see how Paul was, uh, um, I can't think of the word. Yes, I am confused. No. <laughs> he was persecuting the church. He did some awful things to people. He would imprison people. He would separate families, put the women and children in prison. He thought he was doing the right thing, but he wasn't. And eventually we know what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus when Jesus got a hold of him. He's blinded him. He's like, Paul, what, what are you doing, man? I think Jesus would be that cool. What are you doing, man? Well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because this, this new thing is not what it's supposed to be. I've been trained this way. And he's like, no, no, no. It's my grace. It's my grace. It's unmerited mercy that you don't deserve. God's willing to give it if you are willing to accept it, right? So let's go to Ephesians 2.8 real quick. This is one of my favorite ones. We use this a lot too. Ephesians 2.8 is um, let's see, two eight. God saved us by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've done, so none of us can boast about it. That's pretty good. You can't take credit for something God did like that. It's like you can't because there's a lot of braggers in the world that do have a lot of cool things and have done a lot of cool things, but it doesn't mean anything. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he has planned for us long ago. So we receive this grace and we have, our sins are forgiven. That's just the beginning. That's not the end. Once you're saved, you're like, okay, now I need to learn. We need to get to work, right? It's nice to kick back and learn a little bit about God, but then there's a time where you need to get out. You're a soldier now for Christ. You get out there and you do your thing. You share the word. You share your testimony. Your testimony is very powerful to a lot of people. Maybe going through the same thing that you went through. Kind of like Alpha was talking about. You might have some of the same problems, things like that. There is a way. It's through Christ. You guys still with me? Okay. Okay, well, okay. The strict disobedience to the law, the zealous, okay. And, and as for the righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable. Now remember, he was highly educated, very smart. Best of the best of the best. Came from the best of the best. The best of the Hebrews of Hebrew of men, right? Now he's going, I once thought that was valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Amen? Amen. Our sins have been forgiven. It's done. Now we move forward. Yes, everything else is worthless when it's compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. So all this education he had and all that comparing to knowing Christ, the priceless value of knowing Christ is garbage. All that stuff that he did, he did a 180. You could just see all the training that he went through that he thought was important doesn't mean a thing to him now. But he's still smart and all that. and He can use that education. However, it's not, look at me, I'm the super Pharisee guy. He's not that anymore. Jesus got a hold of him. 
so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay? And if you don't have faith, you're actually an enemy of God. Did you know that? You're an enemy. For the longest time before I was saved, I thought I was good enough. Well, I'm a pretty decent person. I don't know much about Christ. I was an enemy the whole time, and I deserved his wrath the whole time, and I didn't even know it. And we probably know hundreds of people with all of us in here who are in the same way. God's wrath is coming on them if they don't know Jesus. Heaven is not the default. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people, right? You don't just get there because you're a good person. It's by receiving God's grace. I myself, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So he didn't know at this time when he was jailed if, he was gonna, if they were going to execute him or not. Which I think that would be part of the torture too because the longer you were in there, you were like, wow, are they gonna, is today the day they execute me? Or do I stay here? Maybe they're going to release me. I think that would be part of the, the mind games too that you have to play. But the whole time he's praising Jesus. Remember in the first verse it says, whatever happens, whatever happens to us, we rejoice. We have bad weeks, but we still rejoice, right? Consider it all pure joy, right, Tim? We, we talked about Friday. Consider it all joy when things are going to hell in a handbasket. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? How am I supposed to have joy when the, my whole world is crashing around me? It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. That's the only way, because I guarantee if I didn't have Jesus and I was going through all that stuff, I would be out there like everybody else doing what the world does. I guarantee it. That's the only safeguard I have, is Jesus. And I thank him every day. I'm grateful for, for it, uh, and I love uh, encouraging people and things like that th to the people who don't know Christ. There is a better way. So press on, pressing toward the goal. Verse 12, it says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. In, in this context, perfection means uh, not perfect, but mature. Your faith is mature now, as opposed to flawless, because we know that's impossible. As long as you're human, you're going to be flawless. I mean, you're going to be flawed. You're going to be sinful nature and things like that. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus has first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Somebody mentioned the past already. I think Alpha did. The past is the past. And all the, you don't have to live with shame anymore. Your shame is, is over. Let it go. Don't drag it around. It can be a ball and a chain if you, if you just keep dragging these sins that you're forgiving for. Let it go. Just take it to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm done. I'm giving this mess to you. I'm done. And it frees you. It's like taking a weight off. It's like, 
I couldn't handle the weight anyway, so I just get rid of it. So why drag it around? You've already been forgiven for it. So move forward. We're supposed to move forward, gain knowledge, gain wisdom. We have our part to do too, right? We can't just sit around and just expect good things to happen when we do absolutely nothing. You might be saved, but you might be one of those people that are making it through the flames to get there. Just barely, only by the grace of God that you got there. But we were just talking about this too. Is like we, one of the sayings is, is you, you want the ultimate attaboy, right? You want to hear, well done, my faithful servant, right? So we were talking the other day. Um, that's the big picture. But what if we broke it down to like a daily thing? What if today was your day? Like, God, how did I do today? Was I a faithful servant today? Trying. You have trying times, right? Then other days are awesome. And then there are some days that are just totally bad. You know? But you bounce back. And then you have another good day. So it's not all rainbows and puppies. Because if you think being a Christian's that, you're sadly mistaken. You actually have a target on your back now, and it actually gets harder because we are swimming upstream compared to what the world tells us to do, right? That's why sometimes everything seems so hard. But when we stay focused on Christ, it's not that big a deal. It is, but it's not. Staying focused is, is probably one of the hardest parts when we have all this stuff coming at us every single day. We have thousands of decisions to make. We have all these things to do or not do. Or the media is bombing us with the garbage. It's just garbage. Knowing Christ, the priceless value of knowing Christ. There's nothing better, right? And how are you going to get to know him better? You're going to read the word, right? Daily dose. You guys catch that on, on, the, on the brown bag? We always talk about it because it's vitally important. It's our lifeline. Between prayer and reading and fellowship, that's how you stay in step. Worship music. I had a good time today. I was driving around. I had a bunch of errands to do this morning. And I was just blasting the radio. I, anybody got serious radio? <laughs> it came with the car and I renewed the thing. But anyway, the Christian Channel 63, I don't know, today seemed like an extra rock day because, man, they were just blasting one good one after another. And I was just driving around for a while. I was like, this is awesome. I'm just like in the spirit. It's just like song after song after song. He's talking about how much he loves us and how awesome he is. But how are you going to know if you don't listen or you don't read or you don't ask questions? or How are you going to know? You're not. And, and unfortunately, and I remember when I was first a Christian, there were, there were I was lucky to make it weekly because I was working out the, 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 old, the old man, right? I was saved, excited. You go for a little while, and then you drift off. It's kind of normal. But while you're out there, you wonder, how do you get back? And it was funny because uh, one of the times I thought I was really doing great, right? It was like, ooh, I can't wait to get the, uh, the tithing thing at the end of the year. And I'm thinking, man, I've had, this is my, my best year ever. I'm like, woo! I looked at it, and it said 26 weeks out of 52 in my mind, I was there all the time. Turns out I was only there half the time. <laughs> right? Come on, man. I thought, here I am. I'm going, man, I am rocking. And when that thing came, I was like, wow, I'm not doing as well as I thought I was. But it was, it was, it was a good gauge, though. I knew that I needed to amp it up. So I was like, let's, let's get in this thing. If we're going to do this, let's do it. 
So we press on. We press on toward the goal. Paul said he hadn't achieved it yet, but he's still focusing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, he says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. All we got to do is hang on, guys. Hang on. It's a long journey, but you never know when your journey is going to end, right? We're not promised tomorrow. You know, we, uh, we got to talk to some um, people again this week, same family that we talked about last time. I think it was the last time I was up here. Um, awesome. We've had a great time working there. We had church one day. We, we had church for like half the day. We really didn't do much. But you know what? God took care of us, and we got the work done that we need to get done anyway. But, but we got to speak life into them, and we got to share Jesus. One of them knows Jesus, and the other one's so young, she's just kind of working it out, right? And it's like, you know, it's funny when you're young because you think you have all this time. You know, you think you're going to live to 70 or 75. That's not a guarantee. It doesn't say in here you're guaranteed. You're not guaranteed anything. That's why we got to be prepared in case it happens. You know, be prepared. When's the best time to prepare for a storm? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think it's funny. Well, it's not funny. Actually, it's tragic. Every single year, we're in the hurricane season now, right? And there's one brewing, and of course they're on the Weather Channel, and they're telling everybody, be prepared. Be prepared. A lot of people do. But there's, they always interview the idiot, it seems like. Yeah. As the storm gets closer, it's like a day from, the, from land, and he's like, well, I got me a case of water, and we're going to ride this one out. <laughs> it's a Category 4, dude. You're probably not going to make it. It's telling you the storm surge is going to be 20 feet, and you live on the beach. What do you expect? Come on. Yeah, there's always one that thinks he can beat the storm. It's like, but they never, they never interview the guy after the storm, even if he even lived. But it's just like, what do you think about the storm now, dude? It's like, <laughs> so we got to be prepared in advance, right? <laughs> just had a visual of that guy. <laughs> Old beach ball with a flower shirt on, you know? <laughs> I got this, man. <laughs> okay, 15, it says, Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. Right? So how is he going to make it plain to you if you're not digging and looking, looking for the answer? Right? His word will reveal it to you. At some point, it will. If you read long enough and you stay with it long enough, hello, he's going to show up. He'll drop an anchor on your head most of the time going, here it is. Here's your sign. You know, our sign, our sign is different for everybody, too. You know, you never know when it's coming. That's what's so awesome about the scripture. You can read the same chapter over and over and over, and it'll, at certain times, different things, like they're elevated off the page, like it's speaking directly to your situation right here and now. That's what's so awesome about it. It's always encouraging. We just have to stick with it, guys. Just stick with it. And if you feel like that ski guy that fell down and still hanging on to the rope, keep hanging on to the rope. It's going to get better. This too shall pass. It really will. Sometimes God allows things to happen, and we don't know why. But there's always a reason. There's always a lesson somewhere. And it's kind of up to us to figure out why. What are you teaching me, God? That was one of the questions we said uh, we had when we were interviewing people on the radio. What has God revealed to you? 
What have you learned this last week? And there were some great answers, too. It was, just, it was different for everybody because God shows you different things at different times of your life. So, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Now, remember back in this time, they didn't have the Bible. You know, Paul wasn't able to say, hey, turn to, turn to page 1252 and let's, let's go through this together. Paul was trying to use everything that he did the old way, the new way, to be an awesome example for Christ. And that's why he was telling them, model what I'm doing and how I'm living, and you'll be, you'll be a whole lot better. For I've told you often before, and I'll say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross. You ever meet any people like that? It is sad, and I can see why Paul's crying, because he has found it. He has found the best thing ever. And he's wanting everybody else to find it, too. And I know sometimes when we come across those people, and they're pretty brash sometimes, and you really can't share. There's not an opening, because they'll just totally discard it. But you just never know a kind word to somebody, what it would do for somebody. You just never know. High five in Jesus' name, whatever. You just never know when that door, it might be that time where they're like, wow, God shows up right there in that, that conversation. Happens all the time. You get rejected sometimes too. It's like, man, there's no opening there. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> Peace be with you. See you later. <laughs> but don't give up. Just, just keep, keep on keeping on. And I, I kind of like that. It says, I've told you often before. He's reminding them again. You know, sometimes a lot of our messages, they always go back to Jesus, obviously, and they always go back to reading God's Word. There's a reason, because it's so vitally important to stay connected, right? And I, I, I love the stories when, when uh, new Christians or Christians, you know, been, maybe it's their first year or whatever, they start digging for the first time, and they're starting to find some really golden nuggets for themselves. And it's so cool to see God working in their life. And I... I was thinking, Rob, when you were standing up here, how cool. <laughs> I know you were nervous, but it was awesome, dude. I'm telling you. And, I, and Rob and I were talking, and, 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 and before he was like, well, why did they ask me? And I said, because Rich and Annette know the Jesus in you, man. That's why. They wouldn't have asked you if they didn't think you could do it. So it was cool, man. It's a little growth spurt. It was really cool. And I think it's cool how you guys invite people to be part of what you're doing. It's part of the growth. You know, we all get nervous coming up here, right? Because we want to do a good job for Jesus, right? Sometimes they're better than others. <laughs> so there are some people out there that are still enemies of the cross, but Jesus still loves them. Maybe they haven't heard or maybe they're so hard-headed that uh, they're not ready yet, but we don't give up. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. It's kind of sad, really, if you think about it. You know, when you see all these people that go on through their life, they're really, not really interested in Jesus. It's kind of a bummer, because we pray that sometime Jesus will reveal himself to them, because our, their salvation is not on us. But if we say something to them, you just never know. You never know what God has in mind. He might use you right there on the spot. 
Their goal is our appetite, and they brag about everything. But we are citizens of heaven. Amen? <laughs> Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Hallelujah. That's going to be awesome, right? And we are eagerly awaiting for his return as our Savior. Wow. Come, Jesus, come, right? Who's ready? I'm ready. Come on, Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready, man. Of course, I want to live to see grandchildren and all that stuff, too, but I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting. Let's put it that way. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Amen. You know, we know God's in control of this mess that we live in here on earth. And it gets crazy at times, and we try to figure it out in the natural. We can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense. In God's economy, it doesn't make sense to most people. In the, in the flesh, it doesn't make any sense at all. It just seems like fairy tales and things like that. But when you've been touched by Jesus, you're never the same. You are never the same. Now, you might act like that guy, but you're not. You've been changed, and you've got to work it out. Just work out your salvation. You guys enjoying Philippians? Yeah. So Randy's going to do chapter 4 uh, next week. I love this book, and I would encourage you, if you haven't read it, to sit down and read it, because I guarantee you'll feel better. You'll feel better. The Word, when, when you start reading the Word, you start remembering things, little scriptures for yourself when times get bad. I can do all things through Christ. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this with His help. You know, just little scriptures that you remember will help you in all the situations that you're faced with all the time. Amen? So if you're dragging a bunch of things around with you, let it go. Let it go. God's got you. And I know the future seems a little crazy sometimes, but that's okay. He's leading. He's right with us. He's leading. All we have to do is follow him. Amen? So that's about all I have for tonight, guys. I just want to say if you guys need any prayer for anything, anything, find somebody. We have people with lanyards on. They can help you out. You can come to us, me, Randy, any of the guys, more than happy to pray with you. Remember, prayer is not a weakness, okay? Prayer is strength. And you get more strength. Because when you let it out, God can come in. Amen? And he changes things. He really does. All right, Father God, we just thank you again for tonight. We thank you for your written word, God. We just pray that everybody dives into it, God. It is so rich, so good. Uh, we can just get lost in there. It's, it, it's awesome. So we just uh, thank you again, Jesus, for what you're doing. We thank you for our freedom in Christ. We thank you for our freedom in this country, God. So uh, just be with us as we celebrate tomorrow and just uh, have a great day. And we love you, Jesus. And uh, thank you again. Be with everybody as they're traveling home, that they get home safely, God. So we just love you and praise your mighty name. Amen. Yeah.